You're listening to The Midday Grind with Martin Kilcoin and Charlie Marlowe on 590 The Fan and 590thefan.com. I was in a good mood this morning. No, everybody should be. How could you mood. not be with yeah. a great sports slate over the weekend? I mean, I was disappointed by the Blues, but they're still up two one. I'm optimistic about the Cardinals because the offense is hitting without their best player hitting at the moment. So that's got to be a good sign. What if Marcel Zuna is their best player? Seriously, I gotta say, five for Frank. I, I a little role playing. I said, Frank, you are Marcel Ozuna. Got that sleeve on doing radio, and I said, "How many home runs are you going to hit?" And Frank said he was at about twenty-five originally, but he said, "Now I'm thinking, got to up that." The contract year, the contract push might be a real thing for him. It always made sense. You were just a little concerned that he wasn't in the best shape. Whoa! Didn't appear to be on top of his game right look, out look, of the that gates. That was only per appearance that he wasn't in the best shape. Also, he couldn't throw the ball. I guess it doesn't Still matter. Who cares can't. if he's in shape? Climb walls. We learned that last Listen, week. And you missed that. No, I did <laughs> not great. miss it. You said you got. Oh, so you were on Twitter. You just weren't tweeting. I have not. Tweeted that actually made the front page of the paper where he was. That was international news. Marcelo Zuna trying Man to climb a wall. Climbs wall, attempting to chase ball. <laughs> that was so great because it would be like a slow pitch softball person who has kind of never judged a fly ball. Like that's, Correct. That's how we would do it if it was our first time and you didn't know the wall and the wind and the park you were playing at. And then, obviously, uh, he wore it pretty good on Twitter. But, look, Cardinals, have they played, what, 15 games? And he has five bombskis? Now, I know we don't do this pace thing, but that's about— No, he won in every 10 at bat. Okay, but that's about, that's about 50 homers, correct? Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying he's going to do that. Correct. But that's a darn nice pace. And, April— and, and nobody championed the cause more for Marcelo Zuna than I. So I will die on this hill. I don't care if he die falls that off wall. the hill. You'll die I don't care if he falls off the hill and allows the ball to go over the wall. Marcelo Zuna is going to have a huge offensive season. I think the best phrase for him is he's good for business. Oh, he's, he's fantastic. Enter- he's entertaining. Tends to uh, run around the bases with reckless abandon, just like he plays left field. You may have missed. Do we have the, the so Mike Shannon actually weighed in on that play. Swing and a high fly ball left field. Ozuna back. He's at the wall, and he didn't need to climb the wall. The ball hit the warning track and bounced over the wall for a double. Well, not only did he make a fool of himself, he's hurt. He went back. He climbed up the wall, getting ready to jump and uh, save it, and the ball was uh, 15 feet from the wall. (laughs) I was thinking about that more so. Not only did he embarrass himself. He's hurt. He's remember, actually not hurt. Remember when Brett Favre was playing, they'd always say, like, John Madden, no, oh, he looks like a kid out there. Right. If you put any 8- or 9-year-old in the outfield at Bush Stadium, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to leap the wall and imitate a home run saving catch. Marcelo Zuna played like a kid that day. Good for him. Uh, you missed that. This concludes the segment, What Chuck Missed While He Was Gone. Marcelo Zuna currently slugging 627 with a 929 OPS. I know the, the on-base percentage isn't great. It's early, but daddy's mashing. Daddy's mashing. Hashtag daddy's daddy's mashing. Oh, can you ask them about that next time they're in town? Marcel is daddy mashing. Daddy mashing. 
Maybe so, Danny Mac could work in a daddy mashing into a call. <laughs> that's the Fonzo, daddy mashing. Listen, as Martin Next said, up. he's good for business, okay? He provides flair, fun, and entertainment on both sides of the baseball. Outstanding home runs, and let's call it must-watch defense. Must-watch, yes. How about that? I think that's fair. Uh, Tiger Woods won the Masters on Sunday, an epic win, 14 years in the making, 11 years since the last major. And everybody who has said, oh, I guess I was wrong, it's okay. Tiger said, I thought I was done. And I know there's that video where he gets motivated, all the people questioning whether he'll be great again. After four back surgeries, he admitted he wasn't sure he could ever win again. Compelling television on early on a Sunday, and then they replayed it. I really want to see the numbers. I know it's Dan Caesar's job to nerd out on the numbers. I'm curious how much, how many eyeballs watched the replay that didn't know it was early, and then it came on in the afternoon, and even though you heard Tiger won, you still wanted to see it happen. And what was the key, apparently, I heard this on the radio coverage on Saturday, Back to Westwood One's coverage of the Masters. Who was on the call? Is it Jim Gray? Mike Tirico was hosting. Oh, really? Okay. On the Westwood One broadcast with a guy named Charlie. Charlie Marlowe was on the broadcast. I don't Where'd know. Go, who, Chuck? Why don't you I tell don't us? know who he was with, but he said Charlie Char- Casterly. No. So he's ripping Drew Locke at the Masters. <laughs> but he said, boy, Phil and Tiger are really working that gum. And it was notable. You saw him just chomping away. And they mentioned that Payne Stewart used to do a lot of gum chewing. And whoever Charlie in the booth for Westwood One said, I really think that's the key for Phil and Tiger this weekend is the gum chewing. How about this for a tease? He said they're getting a lot of confidence from their gum chewing. And I kind of said, I don't know about that. Not a golf expert. How about this for a tease? Ask Dr. Rick returns tomorrow in the 11 o'clock hour. He was out of town for a little bit, back in town. He was texting me topics last night and articles. One of them is, reason why Tiger Woods is chewing gum at the Masters has Ooh. been revealed. So we'll get into that tomorrow in the 11 o'clock hour. Ratings, by the way, according to Richard Deitch, Deitch of The Athletic, uh, 7.7 overnight. The tape telecast drew a 3.4 rating, which he notes would be the highest rated round of golf in 2019. That was not a Masters broadcast. Right. So it was a taped version of what already happened, and it was still one of the higher rated yes. golf events of the year. And that was what I was thinking about it. Tiger winning, hugging the family. I understand there's a lot of people who don't like Tiger. Still? But but what's the percentage? I think it's about, and you said there are people who don't like his persona, his history, cheating on the wife. I think people are able to compartmentalize Tiger Woods, where they're able to separate Tiger, the person who they don't like, and Tiger, the golfer. Like, I love his golf game. He's good television. It's compelling, but I don't really care for his character. Right. And people separate it that way. I think, I just think it's a small. I think the majority of people enjoy seeing the greatness that is Tiger return to greatness. First of all, Charlie Reimer, okay. Westwood One Sports golf analyst. Mm. The Obviously. gum, the gum was the key. And Doctor Rick can explain. Maybe it's medicinal in some way. The gum, was nicotine it, uh, gum. Was it loud gum? Was it loud? <laughs> but look, these Tiger kids Woods. in the loud. Tiger Woods with the transgressions that we all know about. That's how long ago now? Was that was that Thanksgiving 2009? So clearly, the guy made a huge boneheaded mistake. And it was all out there for everybody. People make mistakes. Don't you feel like post-transgressions, though, Tiger Woods has been humbled in every way. Yes. As a father, as a husband, as a golfer. 
We saw him withdrawing from tournaments. There was one tournament that he basically quit. He basically quit. And I don't know if he really was hurt or he just was playing so poorly. He's had all of the, the back surgeries and the spinal fusion. And I do feel like when you see Tiger Woods yesterday hugging his son, hugging his kids, it does seem like that he has life more in perspective. And I'm not just saying that, okay, we, we have the great moment on camera. It seems like that's actually true. This guy was the assassin on the golf course. He was doing whatever he wanted away from the golf course. It does seem like he has been humbled in every single way. He appreciates his family. Every time you hear him talk, he says how important it is for his family and his kids to see him winning tournaments again and having fun on the golf course. So, look, he made a huge mistake or many mistakes 10 years ago. Many Can sides. we not many forgive sides. him for that, though? I mean, you know what I'm saying? And you don't have to. If you don't like him, it's fine. I guess fine. it's not I our think... job to forgive, though, because it wasn't like he did that to us. That's what I'm saying. Right? That's that's Elon's forgiveness that is. That Rem- remember matters. when she got the house in Florida they had built or something? And then she tore it down yes. and built the exact same one because she just, I mean, it was worth millions. I love that. She, like, bulldozed it and then rebuilt it, and it looks almost identical. <laughs> for her. Hell hath no fury. Right. Uh-huh. Like a woman scorned. And it was probably a giant waste of money, and I'm guessing it was his money, so that's why she did it. He did come back and seem more likable. I think that's something that changed, too. Even on the tour, whether he and Phil like each other or not, I'm still not sure, but Phil sent out a really nice tweet. After it, everybody, Tony Fina, who's like one of my favorite guys because he was super nice at the PGA, and I always root for him, and he's always kind of in the mix. They he were always all, finishes fifth. Right. He's always there at the end, though. And wins they, like 600000 They were all <laughs> saying, good for Tiger, good for the game. It was epic. I think they all like him better now than they did before because he was humble. I, I think many, it's hard to quantify you know, the, the transgressions and cheating on his wife with many, 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 many women. But the humbling aspect from a health standpoint to me is really interesting because Tiger seemed invincible physically for so long. And for him to have to explain why he needs to get up at 3.45 in the morning for a 9 o'clock tea time to properly get his body ready. That's That, to me, is a really interesting aspect, how he's adapted from a health and physical standpoint from all of his injuries. And you talk about all the young players in the game, the young studs, you know, the speed, the Kepka. Tiger's 15, 16 years older than these guys. That's what, not quite 20 years older, but he's considerably older than those guys he's competing with who are in – peak condition who haven't had the breakdowns physically yet that he went through it was just compelling to me that he was in the mix on Sunday just to be on the board Frank of course declared victory for the Italian midway through the third round I believe on Saturday he likes that water and then Tiger came storming back it was if you're a sports fan you can't deny that it was compelling television oh it's unbelievable TV and when I say this, believe me, I'm not trying to nitpick at all because I couldn't stop watching, and it's the just an unbelievable story. And everybody, you kind of grew up with Tiger. Even if you're not a, a golf fan, he drew people to golf. I mean, I remember being 15 years old and remember you know, where I was in 97 as a high school freshman watching that first Masters that he won. But you bring up Molinari, I think it's also fair to say, look, Tiger— he was in the mix, and when you're in the mix on a Sunday, back nine, you have a chance to win. He also really wasn't pushed at that back nine. Molinari basically peed down his leg. Was that intimidation, Tiger, So, returning? So maybe, maybe it was. Maybe that Tiger red on a Sunday is back a little bit, and that's, that's great to see. But, I mean, three holes out, you kind of said, okay, Tiger's going to win. He had the two-stroke lead, and you said, barring just 
a ridiculous collapse, he was going to win that. If Kepka had birdied eighteen, it, yes. I wanted that. I wanted Tiger to win, but I wanted Kepka to make the putt just to make it a bit. I root for narratives and storylines, and I wanted him to play eighteen with a one shot lead instead of a two shot lead. It's also possible instead of the red being intimidating, it was the mock turtleneck which Frank wears, and then local sportscasters kind of pee the bed when they see Frank's got the mock turtleneck on. We can't even compete on those nights. That Martin sees that and goes, Weather, you want more time? Does the does yeah. weather want to go Frank's, extra minute oh, or so? Frank's got the mock out. But fair to say that Gary Pinkle kind of started okay. that locally. Yeah. I don't think we can call it the Cusimano because Pinkle for years, with the nice look, it's a clean look, and you're not constricted with the uh, with the tie and the button button up shirt. You got the nice mock turtleneck and the sport coat. Okay, it's a it's a great look right there. Well, can but we get Frank and Gary Pinkle to do a one on one, each wearing mock 100%. turtlenecks. But look, when you're watching that tournament yesterday, I can't remember what hole it was. Maybe it was let's say 13, 14, 15, where you had something like a four way tie. Right, you're watching that and you're thinking. This tournament absolutely is going to go into the sudden death or whatever it is, the four-hole playoff. Absolutely. So that, that shows you right there that Tiger was able to basically do what he needed to do to win that tournament, but nobody else at the end really kind of put the pedal down to make it really difficult on him either. I find it hard to believe that he had, and I know it's, it's a well-known stat, but it still seems surprising me that he had never won a major while trailing going into a Sunday with his dominance when he was great and his just ability to intimidate and just crush the ball you would think along the way maybe it was probably because he was just so good he didn't have to but you would think with his ability that that would have happened at some point before trailing on a Sunday and then ending up on top of leaderboard a uh, epic win there I did have a moment where I thought Nance I sent out the Nance alert Patrick Cantley was making a move Cantley and I said, "Oh my God! If Jim Nance has to say yes, he can," you know that was coming. Uh, what about for Xander Shoffley? Shoffley X mount, marks the spot. spot? Masters yeah. champion. What was the actual call? Like return to glory yeah, or something? Yeah. It was all right. Yeah. No, but good for Nance because that moment after eleven years of not winning a major, you don't need a cheesy call. Correct. You you need exactly what they did there on CBS, which is you make your call and you be quiet, and you let the roar of the crowd and the pictures tell the story, which they did when Tiger is hugging everybody and his caddy and his mom and his kids. And I don't think they said anything for a couple minutes now that I think about it. And that's that's exactly what they should have done. Guess who's out of the woods? <laughs> now, that would have been funny, though, if it was just really corny. I'm still mad that last Monday he didn't say... Who's number one? Because they call him the Who's. Over the river and through the woods goes Tiger to the Masters Championship or something stupid like that. Uh, That would have been long, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guess what? One o'clock, Charlie, you know what happens? The doors open at Fast Eddie's. You don't even have to answer that question. Great spot. You know what they need down in St. Lucia? They need a Fast Eddie's. They need one in every corner because the food's great, festive, fun. We've explained it to you folks. There's an outdoor patio. Then in the wintertime, there's a roof. But the roof, it's got a slow reveal. The roof's coming off. It's springtime. Head on up to Alton, Illinois. If you have not been lately, get back to Fast Eddie's. You know what you're missing. The great menu. Peel and eat shrimp. You can sit there all afternoon, have a little peel and eat. Get the Fat Eddie burger. It's a half-pound burger. We're t- I think it's around two twenty-five. It's unbelievable. The pricing. They can't even remember the last time they raised prices. They've got live music seven days a week. Doors open at one 
Monday through Thursday. Then on the weekends, it's an 11 a.m. start. You know all about it. Head on up to the Bon Air. Fast Eddie's in Alton, Illinois. Birthday party, bachelorette party, bachelor party. Big get-together. Just show up. Bring the bus. They can accommodate. Doesn't matter how many are showing up. they got room for you at Fast Eddie's in Alton, Illinois. Time now for the end of the day. The end of the day. Okay, when's the end of the day? At the end of the day, it's going to be tough to tell someone they might not be in it. At the end of the day, even though there's moments where you're like, oh, I, you know, I don't want to do this. I understand for TV, obviously, for CBS, you have to stay on Tiger. That entire broadcast uh, yesterday morning and I guess going into the early afternoon. But at one point they showed the scoreboard. I had no idea Dustin Johnson was making the charge that he was. He I'm was like, quiet. Oh my God, he's there now on all the of leaderboard. A yes, I think he had a four under final round, yeah. so he kind of snuck in. You're right. When you looked at it too, you said, "Oh, Tiger won. Kepka was right there." Wait a minute, Dustin Johnson was yes, second. Yes, that totally surprised me. Don't you think also when you watch sometimes, for example, a U.S. Open, and some of these tournaments where the best golfers in the world are grinding and they're shooting close to par. One thing I love about the Masters, not just, I mean, it, it's its beautiful scenery and the birds chirping and all that and Magnolia Lane, but it allows it allows <laughs> the best golfers in the world to show off their skills and score. Don't you like seeing eagle opportunities and birdie opportunities on every hole and to see those guys be great? I hate the U.S. Open sometimes when they try to make it too difficult. And it's like, yeah, good luck getting a par. It's like no one wants to see bogeys. Let them let the low scores win. I like that. Uh, by the way, cousin John said two years ago, not ten, and it's the DUI shot of Tiger, and he said, "I don't hate him, but I don't think he's got great character." And there are people and that's like fine. that's I fair. Think, I think the romanticizing of Tiger can wear some people out. I do get that. I get it. But sometimes that fall from grace is an even better story. A vindication. A vindication. Uh, over the weekend. Chris Davis, congratulations. First three hits of the season, and not too long ago, hit his first home run since August 24th of last year. That was against Zach Britton of last year. This one was against the Boston Red Sox, who have their early early Boston Marathon Boston Day game. Yeah, good for Chris Davis. Making $20 million, but getting mocked by everyone. He got a standing O last week from the 6,000 Orioles fans. He'll probably end up okay. That'd be fun. We should put some money down on what his final stat line will look like. Here's a good question. So Chris Davis is making about $20 million a year, right? If yes. you're Chris Davis, how much money, if, if you had this opportunity, how much money would you give away to have better stats? Like, would you give away $5 million a year to hit 230 with 27 homers? Or would you rather make $20 million and be horrible? And I've still got the years left on the deal, right? Yes. I think this year, because I'm so tired of being on SportsCenter and have every yo-yo around the country that's got a show talk about me, I think I'd give $5 million back for some respectable stats. I think that's I don't fair. Think I, I don't think I'd go $10 million. Right. I can't do that. I might give you $5 million back because I just, I just want to have a deal. I'm a ball player, Chuck. I just want to have a decent number. I'm a numbers. ball player. Ball player? Uh, Cardinals Brewers tonight as a... Uh... Had a rough stretch the first time in Milwaukee, one and three. Brewers coming off a bit of an ugly loss against the Dodgers, lost seven to one. Who you got tonight? Brewers are back down to earth a little bit, a little bit, sort of who we thought they were. Not a great pitching team. Dakota Hudson, I'm not sure where I am with him, but we do have the big three in the bullpen: Gant, Leon, and Brebia. <laughs> I think uh, I like the Cardinals tonight. Okay, I think we're probably looking at about a five-four win. How about a Dakota Hudson shove? He's due. What do you think? I'll give you that. 
How about six innings, two runs, seven Ks? Kind of ready for him to dial it up a little bit. Me too. Get him some innings. Uh, I saw an interesting question. By the way, on Friday at about 12.52, Hoff just abruptly stops the end of the day. (laughs) He's like, that's it. I'm like, you did like two notes and nuggets. That's it. He goes, no, it's done. We're done. We're going to get out of here. He said, the Cardinals play tonight and the Blues are in the playoffs. (laughs) What do you got? He's (laughs) 12.51. And you know why? 590 baseball. 590 baseball. So all of a sudden, we could go till 105 today. He wouldn't care. But on Fridays, his little clock in his head, he just shuts it down. says, 590 baseball coming up at the top of the hour. That's why whenever I fill in for Frank, if I have to start the show at 10, I'm always fine with the morning after going to like 10.07. And then we'll start the show at 10.14. That's already one-fourth of the hours of work, right? And then you also have the 10 bad minutes. So that's correct. That, er- that erases some of that And you're as well. a grinder, too. So I'm a grinder. It's just revealing. Uh, Herman Marquez nearly threw a no-hitter in San Francisco yesterday afternoon. He allowed one hit over nine innings of a, of a shutout against the Giants. Giants didn't get a hit until one out in the bottom of the eighth inning. And I'm wondering, because I saw this question posed on Twitter, I think it's interesting. Let's just say you're a Cardinal fan. You're at Bush Stadium. The opposing pitcher's throwing a no-hitter late. Is there a part, or even a perfect game, is there a part in that contest where you kind of start rooting for the pitcher just because you want to see it happen. Oh, yeah. 100%. And Absolutely. when is that moment? Is it the eighth? Is it the ninth? Is it earlier? When do you start kind of hoping that it happens? I, in the seventh inning, I still have hope that my team can win. By the eighth inning, I don't care. What By if it's 1-0, inning, though? What if it's 1-0? It was a 4 nothing game, which for the Giants is kind of a big deficit because they don't score. It's I, April. I don't care. Are the Giants trying this year? They're 7-10, and 10, so maybe. Kind of trying. 2019. Did they sign they? any aging veterans? They were in on Harper, right? Yeah, he shot them down. They signed, they traded for Kevin Pillar. He's uh, hot right now. I think eighth inning is the answer. That's the correct okay, answer. That's I'm a sorry. fair answer. You always root for history. You always root for history. Um, also, finally, so a friend of mine went to Australia a couple months ago. His His girlfriend was working there for a couple of months. So he went to visit her back in November, and he brought back with him something I had asked for. A kangaroo. No, a mini didgeridoo. Didgeridoo, yeah. It, it's about the size of, I'd say, plumbing pipe. And um, <laughs> it's not the really big, like, six-foot-long one. but And it sounds kind of like more like a vuvuzela than it does a didgeridoo, just because of its size. What do you hide, like, the loud in there? What do you do with the... Uh, no, my wife has requested that whenever the blue score during the playoffs, I go out on our deck and I blow it. <laughs> For the goal horn I like that. sound. I love that. Can you record that and post it? I guess I could. But my question is, and what I'm concerned about is because we're really close to our neighbors. There's not much of a distance. And it wasn't a big deal last night because they were done scoring pretty early yeah. on. But Tuesday night they play at 8.30. What, if they, what if they win in overtime and <laughs> you it's like 11.30 it. at you night? you got to commit to the process. 100%. you got to commit. And I need video of this. I need it online. <laughs> the Blues need this at this point. And I need recordings also of your neighbors. You got the didgeridoo out again. The kid's got yeah. the didgeridoo I mean, next door. I need to copy door. the police report that follows that yes. entire situation. This guy's got the craft beers, and now he's got the didgeridoos. Hey, real quick, we, uh, we got a report. We got a report here of some uh, didgeridoo going on. Real quick. Yes. I went to Australia in the year 2000. Did you? One of my buddies. Olympics? Gave me. No, Were you in the Olympics that year? Baseball tournament. It was later that uh, summer, I believe, in August-ish or September. We were there in uh, July. One of my buddies gave me money to buy him a boomerang. Oh. So I buy him a boomerang. I get back home, and I'm thinking, I want to try this thing out. Now, in our front yard and the yard across from us, there was a lot of space. So I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to throw this boomerang, see how it works. Now, mind you, I bought this for my friend. He gave me the money. 
the first throw, I throw it as hard as I can. It goes, it comes back, and it hits the street and shatters. Oh. <laughs> On the first throw, <laughs> it hits the street and just explodes. That's kind of funny, actually. <laughs> That's the end of the day. Hey, next time I'm there, pal, I'll grab you another one. <laughs> I think I gave him the money back. So uh, that is the end it's of the day, good. Chuck. Good to have you back. Great to be here. Felt a little rough, a little. T- did, like, isn't it like when you're first? Not you. I'm just saying, like the team. It's like we sent you down to Memphis for a couple weeks, and you're back, and we're like, oh, okay, he's back. Hey, what have you been up to? Hey, well, we've been we've been winning series while you were down in Memphis. It's kind of what it's like when Carlos Martinez is like brought back with the team. It's like, is oh, he okay. ever going to be back? I don't know. Starter. So he's not Reliever. injured, but he is. No, look, he is injured, or he just didn't work out, but he got hurt. Did he work out? What? What Look, happened? When you go weekend, full week off, another weekend, and you're talking nine days, you, like, forget how to do anything. You're almost, like, nervous, like, to go back to work. Like, how will I get on my computer? You know what I'm saying? You forget how to work. So tonight at 1120, make sure you watch the show of record because Charlie <laughs> will forget to put a microphone on. Correct. <laughs> so what fair. do I do, Shirley? Just yell really loud? No, no. You actually I can't on... wear sweatpants? What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, the hard line. I see TJ. I see Rammer. This is like a uh, romper room. I see TJ. I see they're sitting on deck outside. Hard line is next here on 590 The Fan. Congratulations.